0: welcome back to another episode of the zach and jack sports betting podcast i'm zach and i'm jack this is episode six it is november 2nd 2020 we're gonna welcome former guest analyst now permanent resident east coast analyst keith is joining us today live welcome keith what's up fellas glad to be here keith is still undefeated branding him a permanent position on the podcast zach if keith's name rhymed with jack you've been having a rough couple weeks
1: Yeah, this weekend was especially bad. Everything I thought would happen in the NFL, pretty much the opposite happened. College, I'm just, I'm cursed, man. I don't know if it was Halloween or if it's just my life with college this year, but I'm struggling. Last week I at least did well in the NFL, but I've been struggling with the locks for sure.
0: Is that five straight college football locks that you've lost in a row at this rate?
1: Every episode, so yeah, like five by by my count.
0: So guys, it is official. You may now fade Zach's college football locks from here on out. Bet against Zach every week and uh, do the opposite with Keith's locks because you'll at least push whenever you take minus seven lines.
2: Yeah, i tell you what, man, that is the last time I take a whole point spread. Man, Purdue, they they really blew it at the end. They got backdoored, and I'm really wishing I would have taken minus 6.5. So next time I see a whole point spread that I like, I'm going to round it down a half point because if I lose that spread, I'm going to lose it regardless, but at least I won't push.
0: So just as a recap, after last week's episode, we went 2-3-1 and one for the weekend. Started off 1-1-1 one, one, and one on college football Halloween Saturday. Jack locked up. Cincinnati laying 6.5 points. Cincinnati coming through, beating Memphis 49-10. to 10. Cincinnati, they're the real deal, boys. Either of you having to catch that game?
1: I missed that game. I was trying to keep up with it at work, and it looked like Cincinnati was legit. Memphis didn't look like they could move the ball at all, from what I could tell.
0: Speaking of other potential playoff contenders, Coastal Carolina, once again, covering the spread as well.
1: The shots, baby. Shots, baby. Those boys are humming.
0: I know none of us locked them up, but I had some money on the shots. I did too. I think the rest of America is finally jumping on board.
2: Yeah, I sprinkled a little something some on the shots, but I forgot that they were missing Grayson McCall. Your boy Fred picked up the slack really well, but when Grayson came back in, man, this whole offense was just super revitalized, and they put the smackdown on Georgia State.
0: So after going one, one and one with our first push on Saturday, looked like we were gonna have a somewhat decent weekend, but turned out the NFL just did not cooperate Sunday or Monday. And I'm sure the books made a killing because lots of moneyline favorites that have been hitting for the majority of the season so far kind of went the opposite way for the first time. Keith had our one victory in the NFL, KC minus 19 and a half versus the New York Jets, 35 to 9 was the final score, any analysis.
2: Tell you what, man, no revenge game for Le'Veon Bell. He didn't do a whole lot. The Chiefs just decided to air it out, and they didn't really take their foot off the gas pedal. You know, I'll take the 26-point victory over a 19.5-point spread. Lock that baby up.
1: I told you guys I liked this stat, uh, too. I actually did bet it, and this was one of the only ones I hit on. So, again, thank you, Keith. But, yeah, the Chiefs even called a fake punt against the Jets. It was kind of insulting, really. Uh, the Chiefs are rolling. And they look unstoppable.
2: Hey, don't you forget what I said last week. The Jets are an insult to polite society. So whatever the Chiefs got to do to remind you of that, you know, I'm all on board
0: for it. Just a reminder, boys, I did call Jets team total under 14. You know, that bet, I didn't lock it up, but if you took that advice, it was looking kind of dicey at first, but I also on Twitter said I really liked Le'Veon Bell to score a touchdown. Pretty good odds. It just seemed like, based on the payout, that seemed decent, and the Chiefs were, you know, like Zach said, going for fake punts. They're up big in the fourth quarter, and they're throwing 40-yard touchdown passes. Tyreek Hill. I assumed Le'Veon Bell or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would probably get in the end zone this game. Game. Turns out, <laughs> both of them were held to under 10 carries apiece. Both were involved in the passing game, but the Chiefs are out for blood after playing kind of rough the first few weeks. They're actually starting to push down on the gas pedal. So uh, that was our one NFL <laughs> victory. Uh, Zach had over 53 and a half in the Raiders-Browns game. We usually record these podcasts Monday or Tuesday night around Thursday or Friday. Zach did say uh, there is some bad weather coming into the Cleveland area. Usually high winds lead to low totals. As a result, Raiders had their first game where the under hit and that final score was 16 to 6.
1: I was way off but yeah I did tell you about the weather a couple days before I wish I would have checked that ahead of time apparently it was windy on the entire like eastern side of the country they were having like 30 mile an hour winds and snow in Cleveland I didn't get to see most of the game but I watched some clips and a few minutes of it and it looked it looks pretty rough so I missed on that one but
0: Our last NFL lock for the week was from me, Jack. I took the LA Chargers laying one and a half points versus the Denver Broncos. Just to catch you up, I think I got sick this weekend. I ate some food that just didn't sit with me right. And I ended up leaving work on Sunday. I didn't think I was going to get to watch any of the games. Uh, So I I go home, I'm watching this game. Halftime, it's 14 to three. I'm not feeling too hot. So I pass out thinking, all right, Chargers got this locked up. Keith proceeds to send me a few messages that I'd see whenever I wake up. The game's got to be over. It's dark outside. And I look at the final score and somehow Denver comes back and won 31 to 30. So I took LAC minus one and a half. And I also took over 44 and a half in this game at halftime. I definitely thought it was going to be under and the Chargers victory. I was going to break even for the most part, but at least my lock would have fit. And sure enough, whenever I woke up from my slumber. Yeah, the Broncos ended up winning 31 to 30. Keith, I know you watched that game.
2: Yeah, so I had this one on while I was watching the Saints. Man, going into halftime, I was feeling pretty good. It was 14-3 Chargers. They scored a touchdown and a field goal in the third quarter. Went up 24-3, 7.33 left in the third quarter. And from there, they didn't do a whole lot. They kicked two field goals and gave up four touchdowns to the Broncos. They ended up being up 24-30. One second left, the Broncos ended up getting a pass interference call to get placed on the one-yard line of the Chargers. Broncos scored at the very end, kicked the extra point. Broncos win by one. The win probability chart for this game is absurd. It's Chargers pretty much the whole way back and forth in the first half. Chargers the whole way from the second quarter on. And uh, it just falls off a cliff right at the end to the Broncos. Total heartbreaker for Chargers fans and Bedors alike.
0: For the past couple of weeks there's been a lot of rough endings to games where scott van pelt would definitely have really good segments for his bad beats but um before we get on the negative keith saints played pretty good and ended up having a good game i i kind of like it huh go saints baby <laughs> it was
2: a uh, it was a solid game up until the end man they let the bears score 10 points in three minutes you know that that needs to be cleaned up for sure from the defensive side of the ball but I mean, I would say the performance of the game came from uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson getting your boy Wims kicked out.
0: Everyone probably realizes that I'm a Saints fan and Zach roots for the Bears. But Zach, I'm really surprised and kind of disappointed that we didn't make a personal wager on this game last week or even talk about it in our last episode because everyone knew the Saints were going to win. But I know you would have taken the Bears either way. Not a chance. After
1: the way that we played against the Rams last week, I had completely faded the Bears. I was surprised that the Bears were even in it. I was so mad at Javon Webb's for punching Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Like, for one, dude's got a helmet on. Why NFL players not learn Like, hitting someone in the head with a helmet on is the dumbest thing ever? If you're going to hit somebody, I don't know, sucker punch him, go for the abdomen, do something else. And then right after that, of course, the Saints got the ball back and scored a touchdown. It was dumb. At first, I called out for him to be cut for that. If they bring him back, so be it. But that was just so stupid.
0: That's one of those plays that you can just watch like repeat over and over again and it just gets funnier every time. <laughs> it does.
1: I believe Keith on Twitter shared a timeline of like what had happened prior to that led up to it. I watched that whole thing like three times today and I was like this is hilarious now in hindsight. Now that the game's over and gotten no, over losing again the whole thing is funny to me. But no I was just glad the Bears were in the game pretty much the entire game and forced overtime. As far as the Saints defense goes I still don't think they're good. Everyone makes the Bears offense look bad because we are bad. Our defense did pretty well. I think they got kind of tired towards the end of the game. So it was a pretty good game. I, I enjoyed watching it. I figured the Saints win. They did. So the Bears did Bears things. So, because I.
0: So, I've done my fair share of ranting on this podcast to this point, And like any other weekend, I could eat, go on for minutes, but I'm, I'm not going to do that this weekend. I did lose one parlay, it was 11 team parlay. I missed one leg betting on LSU, and I'm not even mad. Uh,
2: the only complaint I got is, once again, for the Chargers. This team, man, the whole of the Chargers is far less than the sum of its parts. I mean, Herbert's playing like a rookie of the year. You got a top 15 receiver in Keenan Allen. You got Mike Williams who can stretch the field. You got Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly who are both serviceable replacements. Troy Mayne Pope just came out of nowhere and had a fantastic game for the Chargers before he got hurt. Um on the defensive side you got Joey Bosa who can't stay healthy, you got Melvin Ingram, you got Notre Dame grads Isaac Rochelle and Jerry Tillery on the defensive line. These guys should be so much better than their record and they can just not get it together. I don't know what's going on with the Chargers. I am fully convinced that they're absolutely cursed after this weekend.
0: Just bet the Chargers first half money line and parlay that with them to lose the game and you'd be a millionaire.
1: Guys, circle your calendars. December thirteenth, week fourteen. The Falcons and Chargers meet for the ultimate choke artist Super Bowl. This game is going to be awesome. I'm going to watch it every second of this game. Well, I might not turn it on until the fourth quarter. Somehow they're going to tie, or they're both going to lose. I don't know. Something weird is going to happen in this game. So December thirteenth, Falcons Chargers. I am definitely watching this game. I'm de- I'm not betting it, but I'm. I'm definitely going to watch
2: it. I will bet that game, and my money is going on the. Chargers and the Falcons to both want to blow it so hard that a singularity develops at the 50-yard line and envelops the entire stadium in a black hole, and we never hear from either of these two teams again.
0: And then we enter an alternate universe where the Falcons have the ability to win Super Bowls.
2: That's a terrible universe that nobody wants to live in.
0: Speaking of the Falcons, I don't know if either of you guys saw, but I've learned a skill recently, and it's called Fading Games. It's like, in poker, playing every hand isn't that important. A better strategy is knowing when to fold your cards. If you don't have good hands, you need to fold. Just something about the Thursday night game just seemed really weird to me. Carolina was laying three points versus the Falcons. My gut kept telling me the Falcons are going to win this game. It means absolutely nothing to them. It'll hurt their draft value. Zach said the Falcons are going to do Falcons things. And this just felt like one of those Falcons things. And the, sure enough, I ended up beating the Panthers in a game that meant absolutely nothing to them. I felt really, really good about not betting that game for whatever reason. Because I totally would have taken Carolina.
1: I do have a game to rant about, actually. The only game I really have to rant about, last night's primetime game, Cowboys-Eagles. First of all, it was a terrible game. It was awful. The NFC Least was at its finest last night. Ben DiNucci going to be out of the league as soon as Andy Dalton gets his brain back. Then You had Carson Wentz, who was playing like Ben DiNucci. I live bet the under in this game. About halftime, I realized these two teams might be worse than the Jets. And so I live bet the under. It was 31 and a half when I bet it. I would have won this bet more than likely if the refs would have not miscalled that fumble that the Eagles returned for a touchdown in the fourth quarter when the replay clearly showed Curry down on the ground with it, with possession, and then the Cowboys guy just flinging the ball out, and then the lineman kicking it backwards, and then McCloy just running down the field with it, and the refs just like, whatever, I guess we want this game to be over. Let's just give them the points and get out of here. And that screwed my live under because eventually... The Cowboys took an absurd safety in the next drive, which actually put the nail in it. That screwed. That one hurt. But it was a poetic ending to my um, terrible betting weekends. So that one sucked.
0: Well, I don't think you're the only one, Zach. Uh, Keith shared earlier today with both of us that this is probably the worst weekend in the past 10 years for public betting on the NFL with all these underdogs hitting. If you had any big money line parlays with combination of packers chargers anything like that then you got destroyed so we aren't the only ones who lost money this weekend podcast we are now eleven, thirteen, 13 and 1 on our locks of the week keith has definitely helped us going 30 and 1 still has not lost very very tough outside of the locks as well as inside of them Backtracking to college football, uh, a recap of those picks as well. We did go 1-1-1 one, one, and one with Cincinnati, as I already said, laying six and a half points, covering easily. Keith also briefly mentioned his. He had Purdue minus seven. Purdue ended up winning that game 31-24 to 24 for exactly seven points for the push. I know you probably want to speak a little bit more about that game, Keith.
2: Like I said in the last episode, I abhor Big Ten football. It is abysmal and this game was that so purdue went into the fourth quarter leading 31 to 10. uh i was watching this game up until that point my landlord came over and we had to deal with some stuff so i didn't watch the fourth quarter but i got up from the couch feeling pretty good about my lock 21 point lead going in the fourth quarter how do you blow that? Well, sit back down, and Purdue was up 31-24, and that's how the game finished. They got backdoored, and my bet ended up pushing. I mean, it's better than a loss, but it does not feel good. And like I, next time I see a whole point spread that I like, I'm just going to roll it down.
0: So even though you pushed, psychologically feel as if you've lost because it was such a lock in your brain.
2: Yeah, not losing is cool, but not winning sucks really hard, regardless of whether it's a push or a loss. That's obviously money and that's not in my pocket right now. Yeah, the Big Ten. Got nothing really good to say about it. Any of the teams in it except for Ohio State.
0: So while that may have felt like a loss, an uh, actual loss was suffered by Zach. UNC minus seven versus Virginia. UNC ultimately losing forty four to forty one in that game. Didn't I say stay away from North Carolina and Zach jumping back on that bandwagon
1: discussion probably happened. I I don't know. I blocked it out and I should have just blocked out the Tar Heels entirely because I know I've bet them before this year and I know I've lost some of them before. But they were up twenty to thirteen in the second quarter. Their offense was clicking. Everything was going good. All of a sudden, Virginia Cavaliers offense just decided they're going to be freaking Kansas City Chiefs, and they scored four touchdowns unanswered. A minute left in the third quarter, it was 41-20, and I think I texted you. I was like, dude, it's over. Virginia's just boat racing the Tar Heels right now, and I'm cursed. And then North Carolina scored two touchdowns back-to-back after that, and they were within seven. And I think you texted me back at that point like, it's not over
0: till it's over. That's full moon for Halloween. I was like, they're definitely coming back. The curse has to be lifted.
1: Yeah, it didn't work. Tar Heels ran out of time. Defense was terrible. I don't know what to say about this game. I, I thought Tar Heels were better than that, but apparently they are not. And
0: I don't think anybody really thought Virginia was that good. I mean, I know I definitely said, like, Virginia is not a football school. but uh, So I, I had to work all weekend. And on Sunday, whenever I went in, this guy came in, had a Virginia hat on, and I said, oh, must be nice to pull that out. And he said, don't don't say anything because I'm probably going to have to put it away by next week. <laughs> so fans didn't think Virginia was going to win that game. 44 to 41, that crazy score. That's probably, I think that's more points than Virginia scored all of 2019, but don't hold me to that. Other than that, they beat
1: Duke this year. Those might end up being their only two wins in the year. They're probably even going to lose to ACU in a couple weeks, but not if I bet them.
0: I didn't even know the ACLU had a football team. It's crazy. I thought they were about protecting people's civil rights. But anyways, I'll digress. Uh, To recap, that's our picks from last week, guys. Uh, Overall, we are now 11-13-1 and since the inception of the podcast. We're going to go ahead and move on to our locks for this coming week. I'm not really liking any NFL lines this week. I am fading the NFL entirely. I'm so salty about how games have been ending. There's no lines I like, so I'm not going to pick any. As a result, I'm going to pick two college games this week.
2: Absolutely, the NFL really sucked this weekend. Uh, left a bad taste in my mouth. A lot of underdogs winning. A lot of my bets went very south, except for the Chiefs. I mean, I'll take that any day. Bad prime time games this week in the NFL. Let's let's just cancel the NFL until they show us that they can be better. Let's not force any picks that we don't have to just for the sake of the pod. I mean, we want to be sound betters and maybe someday professional handicappers. So, you know, we got to know when to hold them and we know when to fold them. And nothing looks good in the NFL, Then we just got to pass on it for this week.
0: It doesn't matter how good our content is. If we make locks of the week and our locks ultimately lose every single game, a podcast about sports betting is kind of redundant. It can only be so entertaining, but if people are going to listen and try to tail our picks, you know, it is fun to, to say, hey, we're going to fade Zach in college ultimately the point is to win games. So if we're not feeling confident in the locks, we're just not going to make them. Or actually all of our locks at this point have been spreads and totals. So if we see some money lines that are decent value, then maybe we'll go with those. We just want to make sure that we have quality locks. As a result, we are going to stay away from the NFL this week. It does seem like there's a lot of positive COVID tests on Monday that could end up affecting if the games are postponed or if lines are ultimately moved before the weekend. Don't necessarily want that to happen either. But I just really didn't see any lines that I liked. So I'm staying away from NFL altogether. It looks like Zach and Keith are doing the same. So this is going to be primarily college football focused episode. Let's go ahead and move into our extended college football locks of the week. Guys, I got a weekday game. I'm back. I got to bet Thursday or Friday night game every week. It just You have to have a good football game to watch when there's nothing else on. So I'm really excited about this pick. I watched a game last week. I got home Friday night pretty late. Teams from the Mountain West and Pac-12 coming back. We got some late night games. I get home. There's game one in the fourth quarter. I saw Hawaii was the favorite, versus Wyoming. Really liked how Wyoming looked, and as a result, my first college lock of the week. Wyoming laying three and a half points at Colorado State. This is a home game for Wyoming, essentially. It's a 66-mile drive to Fort Collins from the University of Wyoming campus. Apparently I'm dumb, and I don't know geography very well. I thought Colorado State was in Colorado Springs, which is like 60 miles south of Denver. Apparently it's 60 miles north of Denver in Fort Collins, so you learn something new every day. We've had a little bit of snow in Denver and throughout Colorado so far this year but it is beautiful this week it was like 70 degrees today I sat on my porch like I was still smoking cigarettes all day long but this week it's supposed to be upper 60s at game time this game is supposed to be 68 degrees uh, just a little bit of a recap last year Colorado State was four and eight and they lost to Wyoming 17 to seven Wyoming's one and one this season but lost in overtime to Nevada in their first game who is currently two and zero. Colorado State's first game they were blown out by Fresno State 38 to 17 Fresno State is another team that that went four and eight last year. Now, CU and CSU are never really in contention for their conferences. And I think it's mostly because there's a lot of distractions in the state, like you go skiing. What else is there to do in Laramie, Wyoming besides football? So I don't know if either of you know this. The tallest building in the state is actually located in Laramie. It's a dorm on campus, 12 stories and 200 feet high. It's the tallest building in the entire state of Wyoming.
2: Yeah, that's pretty high. You can see all of Wyoming from there, unobstructed by other buildings. You know, all you got is mountains to contend with.
0: I think there's a prison that you can see from the top is what I've heard, but... Colorado State's campus
1: is is the prison you're talking about. (laughs)
0: anyways in last year's game like I said Wyoming won 17 to 7 ESPN's football power index has Wyoming as an 80 percent chance to win this game and the money line odds are currently minus 159 for a bet paying these odds to be profitable long term based on expected value team only needs to win 62 percent of the time so you're getting an absolute steal taking the Wyoming money line but I'm so confident in this game I'm taking the points You could technically bet Wyoming money line down to minus 400, and this bet would still be profitable based on an 80% win rate. Uh, Sharp money is coming in on Wyoming. They're getting 85% of the money despite only 42% of the bets. I may even look at some alternate spreads for this game, but I think Wyoming wins this game easy. I'm laying three and a half. I'm taking Wyoming. Icing on the cake is that it's a weekday game. That is my first lock. Wyoming minus three and a half versus Colorado State.
2: Yeah, Jack, I really like this pick. I know you were texting me and Zach all day about trying to be coy and drop little hints about what your locks were gonna be and I pretty much just picked this one out. So I was like, this is absolutely the game that's happening for your locks. So if you'll allow me to break out the red string real quick and you know go to the cork board, get my little Charlie Day GIF on, here we go. Wyoming has beaten Hawaii thirty one to seven. Hawaii beat Fresno State 34-19. to Fresno State beat Colorado State in a fetty whopping 17-38. <laughs> All those point differentials add up to 58 points. So I got Wyoming minus 58 in this game against Colorado State. I'm kidding. Don't ever take a minus 58 spread. That's suicide. But you get my point. Wyoming should run away with this. Wyoming, big. Lock that shit up. Let's go.
0: That's my lock, guys. That game is on Thursday night, 7 o'clock Mountain Time. I believe it is on CBS Sports Network. So get out your pirate hats. I'm sure it'll be available multiple other places. Uh, Keith, do you want to go ahead with your college football lock this week?
2: Yeah. So for my college football lock, you know, I already talked about it today, that I despise the Big Ten. But for whatever reason, they're bringing me back in northwestern minus four that's what the line says so i'm taking northwestern minus three and a half because i will never again take a whole point spread so northwestern minus three and a half versus nebraska nebraska got flayed on national television by ohio state in their first game back scott frostley was very vocal about letting the kids play bringing back the big 10 season and whatnot
0: didn't he say that they would play in abu dhabi or something along those lines
2: I think he had said they'd play on Uranus at one point. Scott Frost is just really eager to trot out his extraordinarily mediocre football team out to get just played on national television.
0: That was my favorite player growing up, but now that I've gotten older and realize he's an actual person, I'm, I don't really like him as much.
2: Yeah, he, he kind of strikes you as uh, the very bland person, kind of a creative player on Madden or NCAA, so.
0: It only makes sense that a failed NFL player becomes a college football coach. And he was the coach. Uh, he was the coach at UCF whenever they were the co-national champions.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: So Scott Frost, I would have expected him to do more at Nebraska. He definitely was brought there as like supposed to be the savior of the program, and clearly that hasn't worked out. And sure enough, Bo Pelini somehow made his way back to LSU and has only been making our defense worse.
2: But anyway, Northwestern in week one whooped up on Maryland, forty-three to three and last week eked out a win against Iowa 21-20. Now, Maryland is looking like bottom dwellers. Iowa, like Zach said last week, are a pretty solid team. They're a top third of the Big Ten pretty consistently. As of right now, Northwestern and Purdue are tied at 2-0 atop the Big Ten West. These two teams are looking like contenders in the Big Ten West. So I like Northwestern this week to put the hurt on Nebraska. Three and a half seems like a steal to me. Although, like I said, the Big Ten, anything is possible and they are a garbage conference. But I like the Wildcats this week.
0: All right, so that is Keith's lock this week, guys. Northwestern minus three and a half versus Nebraska. It will be probably at slightly reduced odds instead of minus 110, but the line could change between now and game time. On the Action Sports app where we post our locks of the week, we will make sure to have updated odds for that game. Let's go ahead and get into the fate of the week. It is now time for Zach's college football lock. Whatever you do, bet the opposite of this, and you are guaranteed to have a winning Saturday.
1: You guys ever have that X in your life where at some point it's over and you really should just move on, but you just can't? Well, I have that. I
2: have like three of those. Is this X's name the University of North Carolina?
1: It is. I'm taking, I'm just kidding. I'm not taking North Carolina, but this X might be college football for me. Do you have a lock that I feel pretty good about? I am taking the Liberty Flames plus 15 at Virginia Tech. Lock it up. So it's down to 14 and a half now. I don't care. I got it at 15. 14.5, 14.5, that's two touchdowns. Take it. Liberty Flames. they're 6-0. Now,
2: Zach, are you sure you want to take a whole point spread here after judging by my performance last week?
1: Either way, like I said, it's down to 14.5 now, but I got it at plus 15, Whatever you do, take Liberty. I'm locking it up. So Liberty is four and two against the spread this year, including a fifteen point upset against Western Kentucky at the beginning of the year. I think the odds makers just didn't know what to expect of either of those teams because Western Kentucky's not good. Virginia Tech is three and three against the spread. Virginia Tech on the year is four and two. Liberty Flames, they're 6-0. They are the ranked team in this game, but they are traveling to Virginia Tech, to Blacksburg, Virginia. Weather's going to be nice this week. Virginia Tech's only won two games this year by more than 15 points. That was NC State week one and then Boston College week four. Virginia Tech's defense is not what it used to be. They're allowing 459 yards a game. They're allowing 30 and a half points a game. They give up points, and they give up yards, and they give it up in chunks. So it's going to be an offensive game. Fully expect a shootout here.
0: Is Liberty, is that like the University of Phoenix? Is that a real school or is that just like a Trump University? I've never heard of it before, but apparently they're in the top 25 after last week.
1: Yeah, so they... We're not a real school until this year. Allegedly. I don't know if they're on the map now. Their transfer quarterback, Malik Willis from Auburn, is playing lights out. He's completing over 67% of his passes. He's got over 1,100 yards already and nine passing touchdowns to only one interception. He also has almost 500 rushing yards and six touchdowns on the ground. He's averaging seven yards a carry. Virginia Tech's sieve of a defense. They're going to allow in yards all day to Malik Willis. Virginia Tech does have one of the best running backs in the country. I'll give him that. Khalil Herbert is a stud they're gonna run him all day I'm sure of it but Malik Willis is a baller for Liberty I don't see any way they don't cover plus 15 it's a hungry team and this is also a Hugh Freeze revenge for those of y'all that don't know Hugh Freeze was the coach at Ole Miss if he beat Saban a couple times with O Wallace and Swag Kelly before he got in trouble for calling escorts with his university paid cell phone allegedly he kind of disappeared for a little while, and now this is his second year at Liberty. He took them to an 8-5 and record last year.
0: Um, I know Keith went to Notre Dame, and I've heard Jerry Falwell actually compared the Liberty University football program to Notre Dame. I don't know how true that is, but I mean, they're in the top 25, so...
2: Yeah, let's not get into that. Liberty is barely an accredited university as it is. Allegedly... A thorough audit of their academic standards might suggest otherwise... I have no stock whatsoever to put in Jerry Falwell Jr. and what he says. I have no stock in you trying to neg me, Jack. Okay, go Irish all day. What's up?
1: I don't care about academics. I don't care if the tutors are doing all the homework for all these players. They're on a roll right now. They're a good team, a 15-point dog. and Virginia Tech. Who the Hokies are a good team, but some weeks they show up, some weeks they don't. Their defense never shows up, so I don't see any way they're going to end by more than 15. So I'm taking the plus 15 at Virginia Tech this week lock it up.
0: Alright guys, you heard it straight from the horse's mouth Virginia Tech minus 15 versus Liberty this week is in a virtual lock. I'm absolutely kidding Zach is going to get a win sooner or later guys He's got Liberty plus 15 so you got pretty good analysis behind it so.
2: Zach said, I don't care about the academics so you know what that means That means Liberty is a straight up football school on par with the SEC in terms of where their priorities are
0: Perfect, they'll fit right into beating ACC schools left and right or covering versus them, so Liberty plus 15 versus Virginia Tech that is Zach's lock Zach do you have another college football lock this week since you're going away from NFL or is that the one you're going to ride with to finally give you your first uh
1: You know what? I do have another one. Double my chances of winning or have a have a really rough weekend again. My second lock, I am with Keith. I do not really like the Big Ten outside of Ohio State, but I am gonna go there. And it is another big underdog. Maryland at Penn State. Maryland is getting 25 and a half points in this game. I don't really know why. Penn State on the year, they're 0-2. Granted, one of those losses was last week to Ohio State.
0: How did I not see this line?
1: So, when I saw this, I was like, this has to be a typo where Vegas is smoking as much dope as Jackson is.
0: Hey, you're just jealous, all right? We don't even have to use allegedly. I live in Colorado. I can do what I want. Fair point.
1: So, Penn State is 0 2 on the year. Um, the week before that, they lost to Indiana. It was in overtime, it was kind of controversial. Regardless, it's a loss their defense is not very good. Their best defensive player is Michael Parsons and he opted out. Moral of the story is Maryland might not be that bad. They did get overraced by Northwestern week one. We talked about that a little bit already when he talked about his lock. That was 43 3 loss. It was a rough game. There's, there's no ifs ands or buts about it. Maryland turned the ball over quite a bit and Minnesota just didn't look ready to play. But then last week Maryland took on Minnesota and it was just a completely different team. For those of you that don't know Tua's little brother Talia is Quarterback for Maryland threw three picks week one, and then last week he had five touchdowns. Maryland Terrapins upset the Golden Gophers, 45 to 44, in overtime. So Maryland's one and one record doesn't mean a ton right now. Two games into like an eight. Tua Jr. versus Trace McSorley, 2.0. Again, this is going to be a lot like my first game. I think it's going to be mostly an offensive game. I like Maryland a lot, and they also have a couple receivers that have been showing out, Dante Demas Jr. and Deshaun Jones. So I don't know what more there is to say about this game. Maryland plus 25 and a half against Penn State with no fans. I'm locking that up. That's my second lock. Two big dogs this week. One of the hopefully both bring home some wins, much-needed wins. So
0: Zach is taking the points. Maryland plus 25 versus Penn State as well as Liberty plus 15 versus Virginia. Big point spreads, hoping that these underdogs will cover it. Maybe he'll finally get on the boards, or he'll either hurt his record this week, or he'll keep that big old goose egg. As we've said for the memes, if you decide to fade Zach, hashtag fade Zach may have to become a thing on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, if you want to follow what we're up to in between episodes, guys, or updates of where you can find our locks every week, follow us at Z and Podcast. We're also available on Instagram. Uh, all of our picks and locks will be posted on the Action Sports app as well. I have one more lock this week, guys. Keith, do you have another lock?
2: I sure do. Before I get to that, though, I just wanted to point out a game that I am taking action on is the 15th in the nation, Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. What up, fancy chickens? Triple C's, baby. Let's go. They are 17-point favorites over South Alabama. That spread is huge. I don't know if I like it.
0: Sign me up.
2: (laughs) I don't know if I like it that much, but I'm absolutely taking the money line at a minimum. But they are definitely just going to dog walk South Alabama up and down the field. So Coastal Carolina, who knows, man? They might crack the top 10 if they show out like they did last week. Grayson McCall's back, and that offense is humming, unlike the Chargers. But my second lock this week, I am actually going to go with service academies. I know, Jack, you've had some bad luck this year with Tulane and Navy. Service academies run the option, but I'm taking the Army Black Knight in the minus five and a half, and I'm taking them at home against the Air Force Falcon. Interesting uh, tidbit of this game, Air Force was actually at the beginning of the season looking to play a three game season.
0: Can you even call that a season? Like, is that even the right term for it? In 2020, man,
2: anything goes, I guess. And Air Force was trying to take full advantage of it. They wanted to play Army and Navy, and I believe just some other random team.
0: I heard the government budget got cut off for athletics. So. They spent too much money on the military, and they couldn't fund football teams. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's was true or not. I would have just made that up.
2: Hey man, football is priority number one, depending on where you're from, even more important than the military, but we won't get into that right now. Big controversy among the service academies this year was that Air Force, with their potential handful of games scheduled, wanted to be in contention for the Commissioner's Trophy, which goes to the service academy every year who wins the most games against the other couple. Army and Navy took exception to that because they wanted Air Force to play a full slate of games if they wanted to be in contention in that trophy. So anyway, it looks like Air Force is uh, going to show out a full season. anyway, I like Army in this game. The big reason why, Army is already bowl eligible at 6-1. They've played some not-so-great teams and they lost to Cincinnati by two touchdowns 24-10. to 10. So Army this year is 5-2 against the spread while Air Force is 1-2. Not a whole lot to go on, these two teams are both option teams, but the way Army has been playing and the fact that they're at home this, and they're playing against Air Force who's trying to backdoor them into a uh, Commissioner's Trophy win with an incomplete season. I like Army to be fired up, and I think they're going to take it to Air Force. Probably going to win by a couple touchdowns, but their 5.5 points is just really calling to me.
0: Army minus five and a half versus Air Force. I'm staying away from the military academies just because, like, I, you never know what they're going to do. But I do know if you bet the under in those games, you're probably going to be net profitable long term because they usually don't have very good offenses. Army six and one. Yeah, they're in contention with Liberty for the top of the standings in the FBS independent conference. Uh, since Notre Dame is technically part of the ACC this year playing within that conference yeah you hate
2: to see it from the irish you know they forewent their independence this year to play a full slate of games but you have to respect it they they wanted to play against power five competition the only way to do that was against the conference but let's not get into notre dame this is a notre dame podcast
0: well guess what you're gonna be happy I know if Clemson is only winning by six points versus Boston College, that just means trouble. Trevor Lawrence is out. He's ruled out last week with COVID, and he will not be playing. This game at Notre Dame, how is Notre Dame a five-and-a-half-point underdog? That makes absolutely no sense to me. Oh, well, here we go. Here we go. I hate Notre Dame. Just as, a, just as a heads up, I absolutely can't stand them. I hate Keith. I hate Notre Dame. Anyone who's ever went to school there... I don't want anything to do with you. You know, I went to the University of Miami, you know, we're the the bad guys or whatever, but we're not very good, but...
2: I'm gonna play full well into the elitism. Uh, I have two degrees from there, and I am just straight up better than you, Jack. Uh, No, I'm absolutely 100% kidding. Dame football is always a disappointment.
0: (laughs) So, I really like... Notre Dame to cover the five and a half points. I think Notre Dame will win if I had to put money on it. Or Notre Dame money line at plus 180. It, it it seems like way too good of odds based on the situation. I like all the bets for this game. Plus five and a half, Notre Dame plus 180 on the money line. The over-under is currently at 51 and a half. And I see that going way over. I see it being a high-scoring game. Boston College put up a good number of points versus Clemson. Uh, if Notre Dame somehow does get up, Clemson is gonna be fighting back and throwing the ball. So that is actually gonna be my lock. It's gonna be over. 51 and a half Clemson at Notre Dame. I don't know if you guys heard, but Trevor Lawrence is actually out of being the favorite for the Heisman for the first time this, this season. Hope he gets well soon. Anyone that's got COVID, we really hope that the best happens in terms of their recovery. Keith, I know you have a bias since you're a Notre Dame alum, but any sentiment, you have to be thinking you have a pretty good chance now that Trevor Lawrence is out.
2: Well, you know, I just got done saying I didn't want this to become a Notre Dame podcast, and uh, you just really wanted to suck me back in. Uh, you, you this is the it.
0: game, like, straight up, you got to admit, this is the game of the week. Like, it's a number one versus number 14. Like, this is the game that everyone's going to watch. It's going to be in prime time. We have to somehow bring this game up. And I know, like I said, I know you have a slight bias being a Notre Dame alum. You know, you kind of shit on them a little bit because, you know, you never want to get your hopes up because you'll always suck. You have to be liking your chances.
2: Well I didn't say all that about us. Good Lord, man. He
1: thought it I, mean. I, I will I'll say
0: that
2: <laughs> well, if I had known this is going to be the gang up on Keith podcast, I you know would have just called in my picks like normal.
0: Hey, you and me, you know, we're Saints fans. You know, Zach's a Bears fan. We kind of had that. Like, I'm on your side. I like Notre Dame. So, <laughs> I, if anything, y'all should be shitting on me. But anyways, just, yeah, keep keep talking so so you can be distracted.
2: You're throwing all kinds of backhanded compliments at my alma mater right now. I see through what you're doing. I, You can't fool me. But, yeah, I mean, being an alum, you know, it affords you a certain sense of cynicism when it comes to the football team. You know, they get your hopes up and up and up and up. And right there when you're at the pinnacle, just about to – over the edge into the land of milk and honey they suck you right back down the mountain and you're you're climbing up once again like Sisyphus rolling his boulder up his hill so I'm uh I'm holding out hope for this game I think it's going to be a good contest especially with Trevor Lawrence out if he was in I don't know if I would even lean that way but uh with without him I think this game is a true toss-up I don't want to bet anything on this game because I feel like my head and my heart are very conflicted in this one so man I'm just going to sit back and have a beer and uh, watch this nationally televised game and enjoy myself.
0: Zach, you really like Notre Dame to win too, don't you? Oh, I hate them. That was a setup. I knew the answer. I'm betting against you. I'm, <laughs> I'm
1: taking Crimson minus five and a half. I don't care what you say. EJ Uangalele is already better than all of Notre Dame's quarterbacks probably ever. But he's really good and now he's got a game under his belt. He played really well against Boston College too. Defense tightened up in the second half. They didn't give up any points in the second half against Boston College. You know the last time Notre Dame beat a top five team? I know the last
2: time they beat a top six team, which is my senior year, but no, not top five. Jeez. So
1: the last time Notre Dame beat a top five team was two thousand five. Fifteen years ago, I was I was ten years old.
0: Jesus <laughs>
1: Notre Dame hasn't been a top five opponent since two thousand five. Been 15 years. That was number three, Michigan. We know how good Michigan is. They're not. I think what just always jumps to my mind when I hear about Notre Dame playing a good team is like this 2012, the national championship game against Alabama. All this hype builds up for Notre Dame. They beat up on some not so good teams. They're looking good. They're starting to feel themselves. You know, Brian Kelly's got.
2: Excuse me, sir. We beat number six Oklahoma that year, which, yes, is right outside the top five, but we had a respectable schedule. We almost lost to Pitt. Uh, fortunately, Pitt missed a field goal there at the end, and we beat him in overtime, but that was a game we should have absolutely lost. But we had an excellent goal line stand against Andrew Luck and Stanford to win that game in a low-scoring defensive struggle. So, you know, put some respect on the Irish.
0: Oh, you beat Stanford. Woohoo!
1: exactly you're just proving my point and then so they get to the national championship they got all this (laughs) hype they're feeling themselves brian kelly's got, got some swag about him and then bama just fucking wrecked him it was over early it just kind of warmed my heart as much as i don't really care for bama i respect the success they've had for as long as they've had it and clemson's starting to get into that tier and every time people start to doubt clemson they just shit on the next team they play so
0: they're like the Kansas City Chiefs of the of college football right now. I would just like to point out
2: that in that national championship against Alabama, everybody likes to forget that the year prior, LSU scored zero points against Alabama in the national championship.
0: Hey, shut up.
2: And they did not cross the 50 until the fourth quarter. So if we want to talk about past national championship performance, everybody likes to uh, jump on the recency bias in Notre Dame's admittedly abysmal performance against Alabama. But just the year prior, we saw something that was so foul in a national championship game that has just been put out of everybody's minds.
0: Okay. So that game was bullshit. I was there and like, it was totally rigged. I think one of the Bama coaches paid off the refs, but both of you guys are talking about the past. I'm talking about currently LSU sucks right now. Just let them <laughs> suck. All right. I didn't want to go any further into how bad we are. We're literally a bottom five defense, but like I said, this is about now Notre Dame is a good team right now. They're undefeated. They're at home. I like Notre Dame to cover personally. Zach likes Clemson. I, I if, if Trevor Lawrence is there, never in a million years do I touch this game. I think this is going to be a great game, guys. I think it's one that everyone's looking forward to. Uh, it is a good storyline.
2: I'm sitting over here as a third-party observer. Zach, you seem pretty confident that Clemson wants to win this game. And Zach, do you want to put your money where your mouth is and lock up Clemson? And what do you say, boys?
0: Oh, I see what you're doing here. Keith wants Zach to lock up Clemson. Therefore, Notre Dame wins. This is all. This is a. You're a smart guy, Keith. This is all a scheme, and we're not falling for that one. So I
2: didn't say that. Forty chess.
0: Hey, I locked up over fifty-one and a half. I'm not locking up Notre Dame. I just said I like it. I'll probably bet it, but I'm taking the over as my lock. Over fifty-one and a half, just to clarify.
2: Oh, oh, from. Oh, I thought I thought you locked plus five and a half. Uh, okay. Yeah, it sounded like plus five and a half to me, and I I wanted to see a lock off there. Well.
0: Thought I, I thought I did like the double reverse triple psych out. Apparently I didn't. My lock for this game is over 51 and a half. I think it's going to be really high scoring. I personally do like Notre Dame money line, and I personally do like Notre Dame plus five and a half, but over 51 and a half is the official lock for this game for me.
2: Dude, we just wasted a bunch of time for you to take an over. <laughs> we, we all got
1: this.
0: I said I said this is like the game of the week, so I feel like we should discuss it. I'll, take, I'll
1: gladly take Clemson head-to-head <laughs>
0: Right, let me see how my bank account's looking in a couple of days.
1: Everything I said, Keith felt on a spiritual level, I feel like. I'm sorry, Keith. If that felt like a personal attack, it
2: wasn't. It, it absolutely was a personal attack on everybody who's attended the University of Notre Dame. And I understand where you were coming from. And, you know, I'm just going to have to give you the side eye from here on out.
0: All right, guys. Well, that is six college football locks for most this week. Staying away from the NFL, the first college football edition of the podcast. Guys, that's all I got for this week. Is there anything else you want to bring up before we wrap it up?
2: Triple C's baby, that's all I got. Cincy too. Oh, Cincy, I forgot even to even mention them. I'm I'm tracking them this week as well.
1: Kind of like Michigan State plus six and a half against Iowa too. Yeah, I know. I got nothing
0: else. All right, guys, well, that's gonna do it for us. This has been episode six of the Zach and Jack Sports Betting Podcast. Now with permanent, no longer guest analyst Key, uh, guys. It's November now. Too early to play Christmas music. You know, Mariah Carey is the uh, outro today. No,
2: no, 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 no. The next holiday is Thanksgiving. Christmas starts on Black Friday. We got to keep our holidays sacred.
0: Hey, it's it's never too early to play Shakira or Mariah Carey. So anyways, guys, it's going to wrap it up. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast should be released by the time Thursday night games come out, but we will be posting all of our locks ahead of game time on Twitter and on the Action Sports app. You can find us at ZNJSB Podcast. I want to say thank you to Keith and Zach for coming on tonight. Keith should probably be coming on a little bit more often. If we can't catch him whenever we're recording, we'll get a couple more calls from him. That's going to do it for us, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Zach. I'm Jack. I'm Keith. And thanks for listening, guys. Deuces. Peace.